Hey. I, I didn't think you were going to stop. That was scary. I was scared. I stopped eventually, buddy. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, stop eventually, like this corona, am I right? I hey, wish. Hey. Uh, yeah, to prevent my, to stop myself from getting the coronavirus, I put Genhart inside a robot, and now he is right here next to me talking to me. You know, that's fine. That's a better description than what's actually happening. Well, that's cool. I'm all right with that. Yeah, see, the, all the cool kids, like, record on Discord. Mm-hmm. But not me. I put yeah, my, we ain't. I turned my friends into robots. So they can't spread COVID-19. <sighs> that is a positive of it. That'd be cool. You'd also live forever in this we fresh just make. We should turn all the boomers into robots. Actually, that's terrifying. Don't do that. Yeah, no, then they'd they live forever. Yeah, so that's what I was saying. You take those ones back. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Yeah, but anyway, um, I'm at my house. Jusby's at his house. Usually we'd both be at his house to record with not. good quality microphone, or at least better quality than Genhart's phone right. microphone. But, now but I'm the one you know, hey, what phone. are you going to do? I'm the one with a good quality microphone, and Genhart's got nothing. He's got nothing. That's I all right. Recorded it all for my fucking self. Damn, dude. But yeah, so, yeah, because of COVID shit, we have uh, gotten a record from home setup going. Sorry we missed last week. It's just kind of how it goes sometimes with the pandemic. Uh, we're just trying to figure out what we're going to do with this. Yeah, but the pandemic. If we were going to do with this. Yeah, we were at But Ohio. we're going to do with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will work just fine. Yeah, we were at in Ohio. Um, Everything got closed real fast, and then uh, everybody got sent home and told to stay home real fast. So we kind of got like thrown up in the air. We had to figure it out. But we're back. We're here. It's time. Yeah. Even if I wanted to go to Jusby House to record, that would be breaking the law. If I was there past eleven. Yep. There's a curfew. So can't do that. Wouldn't want to do that anyway. So we at the the self isolation podcast stage. <laughs> which is what every podcast do anyway. Right. Uh, at this point. Um, it, and, and not just podcast, every show ever. There's audience list shows happening, and it's, it's, everything is weird. Yeah. Everything's weird. Yeah, hopefully it goes back to normal soon. As long as people do what they're fucking told, we'll get there. <sighs> I'm not convinced because every time I have to go out, I mean, I'm, this is just my own personal experience, so. Maybe my city just sucks, but every time I have to go out, there are way too many people just chilling, walking around like nothing's wrong, and and that's kind of strange. It's really it's weird to me. It's not the way you go about it. Right, yeah. It's, it's really not the way you stop this. It's, it's really bad. A lot of people are going out and doing frivolous things still, and they need to like stay home. They need to figure out how to enjoy their own time at their own house. I'm just trying to do only what I got to do That's it. when I go outside. And then I just, you know, hurry back so that I can plat Pagel 2 and other essential things at my home. Hell yeah, dude. That's the move. Which I did. I did that, by the way. I am a god among men. Bow down to me. I platted Pagel 2. You, uh, you're a master at getting Pagled? Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. 
peg test. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Get Anjob Show. That's Gen. Hi, I'm Remote Gen. I'm not Remote Job. Today, You're remote to me and everyone else. Yeah, so it's fine. I don't have the remote audio though. I have the nice crisp podcast audio. It's very nice. Gen phone over here. Uh oh, Gen phone. Today we're been gonna... through a lot. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about. The Lego Batman movie. and That's where we're at in life. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. We're almost done with Batman movies. We're close. Holy shit. This has been going on for way too long. I hope the next series we choose to do for this is not 17 movies long. It won't be. <laughs> Unless we do, like, James Bond, which I don't plan on doing anytime soon. No, I'm good. There's no way it'll come close. I'm 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 all right. I, I don't really feel like doing those. <laughs> I, well, maybe one day, but I would want to split it up because that's like almost thirty movies if you do all of them. Yeah, it's too much. Maybe like divide it by actor. Like watch the Connery ones. Watch the you know Roger like, Moore. Like oh, it's Bond time, and then each then each spot on the wheel put a Bond actor and then spin it. So I'd rather want it. I mean, I would rather do it in order. I wouldn't want to like go out of order, if that would be what we would do. Oh, okay, I see. So I would just like, rather like you know treat them as separate series and go that way with it instead of watching twenty five movies in a row because that would be half of our episodes for a whole year. No, that's a little. And weird. I would get really, really, really sick of James Bond movies that way too. <laughs> Um, particularly in that middle chunk, probably. I've only ever seen like three or four. I've seen a lot. I've seen quite a lot of them. They're not all made equal. I know that. Oh, there's, there, it's a major roller coaster ride. There's some terrible movies in there. Like even, uh... (laughs) even in one actor's category. If you just look at Daniel Craig, it's like two good ones. Two absolute shit ones. Yeah. And then we don't know what the next one will be like because it got delayed indefinitely. Like every film in 2020 has been <laughs> having happened to it. Yeah, dude. A lot of movies get put out early on digital. The Sonic movies out now on digital, like two months after it came to theaters. Yeah, that stuff's cool. I'm, I'm glad that that's happening because, um, you know, I mean, if it happens in a good way, like if it happens in the way that like, hey, uh, here's, I don't know, let's just say like Frozen 2 and Rise of Skywalker, but they're on Disney+. Plus. Right. The ones that I don't like that are happening is something like The Invisible Man, where you can rent that for $20, and you only get it for 48 hours, like you rented, like, like when we rent movies for this, it's like four bucks, right? Yeah. When we're forced to. And like, that's that's fine. That's a little expensive, but that's fine. Like I couldn't imagine twenty dollars, and I don't even own the movie. Like I realize if it was going to the movie theater with two people, it'd be twenty bucks anyway. But that's a little asinine to ask people to do that. 
it's it's a little much. I, yeah, I don't think, especially in these hard financial times, not a lot of people are wearing that. Yeah, for fucking real. You Good know, thing I saw that movie before it it disappeared from theaters. <laughs> yeah, the theater fucking disappeared. It'll be interesting. To the see invisible theaters. Do you think that... that was like, I don't know if I talked about that movie on here. I probably did. It was good. I won't say anything besides that in case I already talked about it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's interesting to think about. Like, do, do, you think the, do you think the movie industry changes after this? It, it's, it's highly possible. I don't know. Um, I think just by nature of what this situation is, every business ever is taking a hit. So it's not like a problem only movie theaters have or anything, but it could be interesting to see if like some studios go like, Hey, we made such and such numbers with like, uh, uh, a bloodshot, a Vin Diesel movie that no one would have went to go see and fuck you. It's January anyway. So like, (laughs) maybe we could just, you know, release movies direct to streaming from now on. But I don't, I don't know about big movies. Yeah. I'd... As long as you have stuff that makes money, like Avengers Endgame money, there's going to probably be a a market for movie theaters, I'd have to assume. It's yeah. not going to go anywhere anytime no. soon. I don't think movie theaters themselves will disappear, but maybe you'll see more studios going like, oh, maybe we could put, put this one out on digital too. Like alongside... It's going it. to... It's going to shrink the market for anything except big blockbuster schlock <laughs> to Shit, come man. out in movie theaters. Even Disney's hurting right now, man. Like, everybody's fucking hurting. Ah, fuck them. They deserve to hurt. Uh, just Disney, not everybody. Just Disney. That's fine. Disney. <laughs> um, Disney. Fuck them. Yeah, Disney. Go, oh, no. They had to cut their CEO's salary. Oh, no. Whatever will they do? Oh, God. What a tragedy. Oh, no. He, he's still making ten times regular people money. Oh, no. Ce- celebrities during this have been uh, quite obnoxious to me. Uh, I mean, it's been two weeks. This is probably all, like old news by now, but like that Imagine thing that happened was so laughably terrible and cringy. Like, it was already... It made me die inside. It was already cringy and like heavily ironic when John Lennon wrote that song. And now, like, it, it's... Damn, dude. Oh, the dude had, like... You... The dude was, like, preached about that shit and had, like, seven houses. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I suppose so. Imagine, hearing people in their giant mansions saying, imagine no possessions is pretty ironic. Right, and the same uh, thing with Lennon wrote the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Well, I was seeing takes when that happened because everybody just decided, like, fuck it. I, I don't like this song. Fuck it. I still like Imagine. No, it's still a good song. I still think it's a good song, but I think you need proper... You can't just have anyone cover that song. You can't have fucking Gal Gadot and fucking all these actors sing it to you as if that is, like, you know, going to help the, the layman. <laughs> in their time of need right. like it wasn't for any cause it wasn't like it wasn't even like something like we are the world where it was like hey this is for blah 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 relief it was just like it was just nothing <laughs> it was so annoying <laughs> it was terrible dude I don't know I don't know what the fuck they like any of those people were thinking just, it's not good these people they sitting in their fucking mansions going like oh we're going crazy in your house like 
God, your house is like an entire like football field. Figure something to find something to do. Anyway, don't you feel to- bad for? Nah, dude, we're just gonna bitch about rich people. The I'm about show. To say, yeah. It's anyway, fine. welcome to the, rich, the, the we hate rich people podcast. <laughs> it's not what we usually do, except we always do it because it just comes up. Yeah. So I heard you platted Peggle too. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Yeah, I did do that. I don't know if I regret my tweet about it because I was trying to be super ironic about it, and. I, I shared the tweet that I platted Pagel to and said, man, I'm going to be drowning in pussy now <laughs> in the tweet. <laughs> like, oh, it's amazing. It's just, I don't know. It's funny to me that I even decided to, for that game to be one that I would like 100% and plat. Oh, that's okay. um, it was difficult. The only thing that makes it possible is if you get the DLC, which adds like two characters that help a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't recommend it because it's kind of annoying to uh, play that game that much. Yeah. That's probably more of a game suited to a phone. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's what it's made for. Yeah. Makes sense, you know. Um, I don't regret it. I don't regret any plat except that one and that one and probably like 80% of them. Yeah. Except those, I'm good. I'm like a I'm like a week week late, but uh, I played Animal Crossing. Yeah, that's how is that? It's a great video game. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely the best Animal Crossing that's come out. You know, we've had one for pretty much every Nintendo console generation, whether they be good or bad. This is like the this is like the fourth or fifth one, or it would technically be the uh, fourth mainline one if I remember correctly. No, the fifth mainline one if you count the. Yeah, whatever. It's like the fifth one. Unreleased N64 one. Uh, unreleased here. Yeah, it was released in Japan. Yeah. But um Okay. It's it's really fun. There's a there's so much to do. For me personally, I think it's a little overwhelming, but I still enjoy doing it anyway. There's a lot of stuff you could do with friends. There's so much customization. You can make your island. When you get far enough in the game, you can make your island exactly what you want it to be. Uh, I saw online that some dude like made their island exactly matched the map for A Link to the Past. Whoa. So like, that's cool. Yes, yeah, so you could go wild. Um, people have been people have been making entire cities, and then, like, out of that island, infested with tarantulas, and they're like, yeah, that's pretty cool to me that it can get to that point. Yeah, you could just go... I'm sure there's people wild. exploiting uh, time travel to do it, but hey. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can, you can mess around with your Switch's settings and time travel around, and, like... <laughs> get stuff earlier than you should Which, yeah, man, it's so to... weird to me Animal Crossing feels like such an older game idea than something that could even exist in 2020 you'd think to me yeah you'd think the, 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 the play the game every day and stuff only happens daily and you can like literally run out of stuff to do every day is so atypical to how I think most games function in my brain. Yeah. It's kind of cool that it's different. I I appreciate it for that. It's not necessarily my thing. I don't need another game that I like feel like the need to check in every day with. I really don't. So one thing I really enjoy about it is it's absolute freedom to just kind of let you do whatever. You don't have like 
these strict like at the beginning of the game there's a couple things that like they want you to do to like get stuff built but other than that you have pretty much complete freedom to do whatever you want which is fun yeah like yeah like today oh if i log on today like oh i can i'll go you know look at my shops and everything and then after that i can just i don't know go move some trees around go make some art just go catch bugs and fish and sell them for money which is mostly what i do go download go download some art of like Adam Sandler's face from Uncut Gems and make your house's wallpaper that. Yeah. You know, I've been seeing. It's so strange that that's like the new new thing. Just input your weird QR code and scan it in and get any image you want in this Nintendo game. It's awesome. They literally gave you the freedom to do whatever the hell you wanted with that. That's sweet. You can make everything look exactly how you want it, pretty much. It's yeah, really, it's cool. It's really, really neat. I only have one major gripe with this game. What's your gripe? It's the tools. They break. And... Oh, no, not Breath of the Wild. Yeah, so... There's a reason <laughs> why that works in Breath of the Wild. It's because... Well, it's encouraging you to continuously use different weapons and not just stick to one thing. Yeah. Whereas in, like, Animal Crossing, that doesn't exist. That other thing doesn't exist. No, like, if you have an axe and it breaks, you need to just get another axe. You don't all of a sudden do something different. Right. So I just, I don't see the point. It's, like, kind of frustrating when you're Uh, in a good groove of running around, catching fish, like, catching bugs and stuff, and then, like, your, your fishing rod just breaks. It's like, oh, great. Now I have to run over to this bench... Use materials to make this rod and just go right back and do the same thing again. It doesn't add anything to the experience at all. It makes it more realistic, Josby. The game's super realistic with the animals that talk. It's just, I don't know, I find it to be a weird antithesis to, (laughs) like, what the game's, like, entire motto is, which is, like, here's an island, do what you want. And like you like this this kind of like mantra of freedom and just like no worries and stuff like that. But it's like, well, then now I have to constantly worry about my fucking tools breaking. That sucks. Yeah, that is kind of annoying. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know, man. That's the only thing. I'm, I'm just it's just annoying. And then when especially so, once you amass enough materials, I feel like it's just pointless to have. And like, okay. That's cool and all, like, right, yeah, early game, like, whatever your tool breaks, it encourages you to, like, go grab more stuff, so maybe you could go find other things. In the late game, maybe you should make it so you could just craft something that never breaks, and but that never happens. That sucks. So something about this game that I learned about that I didn't really know about, because I'm not really a, a huge fan, I don't play Animal Crossing, but this is fascinating to me. Okay. I did not know until like today when I was listening to another podcast talk about this that you only get 10 villagers and the random from the pool of villagers of which there are like hundreds. Yeah. And that's crazy to me. That's like if I played a Pokemon game and I, the first 10 Pokemon I catch are random from the entire pool of 800 Pokemon, and then I don't get any more. I just have to deal with what it decided to give me. Uh, that's not necessarily true. You can... No, I'm just saying in terms of what you're interacting with, 
during your experience with the game, this is what you got. No, that's not necessarily true you, either. Well, I know that you can kick people out, but it seems pretty fucked up <laughs> that he yeah. let you do that. <laughs> it's really funny to me. Ah, fuck it, it's your islands. Like, get the hell out. Oh, okay. And, and we'll you just have to shun like, them so that they get sad and leave your village dejected. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what a great those. game for children. Yeah, it's great. People <laughs> <laughs> go to like these like. You just, like these tickets go to these far off islands, and you'll see other villagers there, and you can recruit them. And it's a, it's a random villager every time. So realistically, you could like keep sifting through villagers and find the ones that you really like and put them in your town. It just takes yeah, that that that's one way to do it. But like a game in twenty twenty, where there is like you can have ten of something, of which there's like three hundred or four hundred to choose from, but there is no choice. You just get really for like a lot of them is kind of crazy to me. And that's kind of exciting. Cause like you could like get lucky and get ones that you actually want to talk to and want to interact with, or you can get unlucky and get like the boring ones that you don't want to talk to. Who knows? I, I that's super this, interesting I, to me. I don't know. I got this, my, my starting villagers, uh, one of them was this like creepy goth chick and she's cool. And like, I'm going to keep her in my town. And the the other one is this horse named Buck. And I'm like, all right, Buck's a pretty decent guy. But then I realized very quickly that all he talks about is, like, getting buff. And I'm like, you're boring. And so, like, <laughs> I haven't talked to him in, like, four days. And, like, I'm hoping he just leaves. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just hoping he's just going to go. Cause, like, you got to you – gotta... You gotta build a fence around his house so he can't exit. Oh, that's perfect. Holy shit. I've been hearing about people doing that. It's really funny to me. Because, like, I guess, like, eventually they'll force a conversation with you, right? Like, you usually have to prompt the conversation, but if you haven't seen them in a while, don't they run over to you or whatever? No, they run over to you. They even call you. They can call you on your phone. Oh, right. Okay. You can also call You just have to fucking... You just have to ghost them hard if you don't want to talk to them. It's like real life. Uh, that's really crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and of Crossing's wild, dude. And uh, I had no idea it was like that. I just assumed that, like, I didn't assume there was this many villagers, first off, in these games. Oh, there's so many. There's so there, many. So that means that this game has to have so much writing going into it because, like, there's so many conversations for each random villager, right? And they all have very distinct personalities, too. So, like, how much, like, unique dialogue is there for, like, one villager? Just oh, one. Quite a lot. I haven't seen any, like, repeating dialogue yet. I mean, granted, I've only played for a week, but... Yeah, seen... but that's already crazy, you know what I mean? When there's 400 of them? Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know how many there actually are. I'm just, like, throwing a figure out there. Well, they can spend a lot of time doing stuff like that when developing this game because a lot of the other stuff is, like, not scripted and very open-ended. So they can kind of spend more time, like, going into stuff like that, like detail-oriented things, because the the player is going to take care of the rest as far as, like, their own core storyline goes. You know, you're going to make it yourself. So you can add a lot of, like, writing time just, like, kind of enriching the world and its characters. It's pretty neat. That's cool. It's great. I'm glad that game is good. I'm glad the Switch got another game of the like the five games it has. 
dude, it's, it's been crazy. I'm just joking. It has a lot of games. I'm just kidding. And Animal Crossing might end up beating the best, best-selling Switch game by the time this is over. People can't find Switches right now. Yeah, it's blown up. It's, everybody used to be on top of the corona shit that's happening where less consoles are getting manufactured. Everybody and their fucking mom is going out trying to find a Switch to start playing Animal Crossing. So, like, this shit's blowing maybe, up. Maybe, uh, maybe I can finally get one when, uh, when Trump decides to give me money. But we'll see. Also need to look at car and stuff. We'll see. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, What's more important, vehicle or Super Smash Brothers? Like, think about it clearly in your head. Envision both. Oh, dude, Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to say that, but you're the person that goes to tournaments. Well, not anymore, but like, not, not. Right when you texted me to get when I was getting ready to start, I just finished playing an online Smash tournament. Nice. Uh, we do. That's uh, how you're going to have to do it now. Right. Yeah. Our all our guys from our weekly uh, decided to get together and start throwing weekly online tournaments, and we just did. I, I just finished one. I did terrible. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm not. I mean, I haven't been playing my. I haven't been playing King TD at all. Who is my main? I've just been like messing around. Because like. Well, hey, you know. Playing online kind of sucks in Smash Ultimate. It's not very good. So we're just kind of yeah. like, fun, you know. Put items on, you cowards. Oh, no. You're already... <laughs> oh, no, that's a bridge too far. Yeah, I'm, I'm spooked now. There's already enough going hey, on. Hey, speaking of, speaking of the Smash Brothers, uh-huh. um, so they had that mini direct, and they announced that the next character is from ARMS. That's hype. I knew which... it was coming. I, I was wrong about what series it was from, but this checks out in, like, my mind where I was expecting that like this new batch of characters would be bookended by Nintendo franchises. Right. Yeah. So I this first one will be a Nintendo franchise and then character 11 will be as well is my prediction. Yeah, probably. And I don't know. I, I, I'm a fan of it just cause like arms is a cool game and uh, it's a so fun game. It's perfect. Who do they put in? Uh, dude, hopefully the thick bitch, but I don't know. <laughs> So, so she's the one that attacks with her hair, right? Yeah. Okay. Her the, the her hair is her arms. Yeah. In arms. Yeah. <laughs> like bayonet. You know, I would be. I'm thinking it's gonna be ribbon girl, but I I would rather I would vastly prefer her. Yeah, for sure. Give some diversity to the cast as well. By the way. Yeah, she's a person of color. So that that would be. Yeah, cool. that would be cool. Uh, it would be because you know, I mean, there's lots of stuff that isn't white dudes in Smash, like Kirby. But like, what are you gonna do? I don't know. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you got a black villager, black inkling, but like, that's about it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can do that. Um, is that it? Uh, yeah. That's it. I knew they should have put it in Knuckles. That would have <laughs> helped the quota. Damn, dude. Well, okay. So, I don't know how much you care about this, but you remember Project M? Yeah. You talk about Project Plus? Yes. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I, I needed... So, Knuckles, Knuckles is in that. Yeah. That's neat. It's really cool, actually. That's a, 
that's a better pick than some of Sakurai's picks, actually, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think I think like, I think Knuckles is gonna eventually make it in to Smash Ultimate. I think, you think? Yeah, I think he's gonna be one of the characters in this pack. I don't know when, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty. Do you sure. think they choose Knuckles and not another Sonic character like Shadow or something? No, I mean Knuckles would be the no, one I would pick. If, if you would pick another Sonic character, like the most requested one, would definitely be Knuckles. I don't think they will because I think that they'll be. Every single one of these is going to be a franchise that's not represented in Smash yet. I mean, I'd be okay with that, too. Right. With the exception being the Fire Emblem one, which that's, like, kind of outside of how that works, because each Fire Emblem is kind of its own thing anyway. So, like, I get it. I get why they did that one. I, I just, uh... I, I don't see them doing another Sonic character. I can see them doing another Sega character, but not from Sonic. Dude, Cosmo Cure you when? That'll never fucking happen in a million years, but I wish. I Put him in something. He'd be in Tekken, for real, though. Honestly, he should be in Tekken. That's perfect. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Like, he's the character that deserves to be in Tekken the most. That's the, that's the like, of any yes character I could think of. I think in June, we'll get a similar thing to how they announced... Uh, hero. Gotta have to remember what they called the Dragon Quest character. Hero and Banjo are in the same direct. I think we're gonna get the Arms character they already announced, yeah. and then and surprise too. Right. But then the the like, Arms one will come out like immediately, and then the surprise will be like in August. Yeah, apparently before the COVID shit hit, like that new character is supposed to come out this month. And then apparently, yeah, it got delayed. That that's why there's going to be two announcements at once. Is my idea? Yeah, they'll, they'll show the character, say, "Ah, oh, the arms character's out tonight." And then one more thing, there's another Smash character because they're gonna. By the time you know, you get all the way to June, they've already got the next. Well, that's going to be their actual what they were going to do for E3 direct. Yeah. I assume. Absolutely, yeah. That's not going to stop. Mm. Yeah, there's and a lot of work goes into those, but. They, they aren't going to stop that. Development's a little tougher, especially since, like, Nintendo had to, like, basically evacuate their office. Yeah. Which is, like, yeah. why this all, like, why everything's so delayed with them. And, uh, <sighs> Yeah, we'll see if that affects it. Like, I could be wrong because of that. I don't know. Right. I don't know. We'll see. I hope so. Um, other... I hope at least we still get, you know... A direct in June that will yeah. announce some things. There's been some rumors that I like. Yeah, like Mario um, rumors. Yeah, apparently re-releases of 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy. Hell yeah. And also a new Paper Mario, like a straight-up new Paper Mario. And I hope that means a new Paper Mario RPG. Yeah, not just And not what the last two were. Uh, <laughs> I really hope so. Because that's what I want it to be. The last Paper Mario game was an RPG, but it just uh, went on 3DS. Oh. It wasn't very good. You know what I mean, Justin. <laughs> Sorry, it was on Wii. I want it to be like a thousand-year door. That's what everybody wants, yeah. And I, I think they'll, they'll yeah. that. We'll see. But the Mario stuff's really exciting to me. Especially if they like, actually like fully like remake. Especially like 64, I think, needs a full-blown remake. Just, it does. I think it's just going to be an HD port of it. 
Like which like just at least having it on the Switch is important though because I hate how Nintendo really landlocks games to systems. Yeah, it's and then abandons them forever. Like we need re-releases of their games on their modern hardware. Yeah, they're we too, do. They're they're too like iconic to history, and a lot of people who are buying these like big family friendly Nintendo consoles like going back to those old games, especially like the older people who buy for their kids. I mean, they like picking up their Switch and be able to play original Super Mario Brothers. Well, now it's kind of getting to the point where, like, those same parents are, like, reminiscent of Mario 64 or reminiscent of Mario Galaxy or reminiscent of Mario Sunshine. Yeah, sure. And so, if like, they release that as a trilogy, that's going to be hype. If that's, like, one standalone thing. Super like Mario all three Stars games. 2? Yeah, you could call it something like that. They wouldn't call it something that, but they they could just call it, like, I don't know. Mario 3D Adventure Pack or something. Uh, I like something better than what I said, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I, mean, I like Mario All Stars too. Kind of like hard, like because uh, ten years ago on the Wii, they did they did re-released Mario All Stars on the on the Wii with added a couple. Yes, of they did to it. Yeah, it's like do it again, which was cool because I haven't I, All Stars is really cool, and they've never re-released those re-releases outside yeah. of that. Right, so that's kind of. That could kind of be a cool idea. Yeah, and just like make it a big fucking pack that celebrates Mario. If that's the case, if it's like All Stars, because All Stars made everything look like World, right? Yeah. If that's the case, would they take all three of those 3D Mario games and make them look like Odyssey? Because that would be the hype shit. I think they would probably do it at least 64. I don't know about the other two. They might just... (sighs) An update of 64 would be a, a dream, but I don't see it happening. It's still going to look like how it looks. And I hope so. I want to see that game look like Odyssey. It'd be sick. We technically got a re-release of 60, a remake of 64 for the DS, but it wasn't as good. No, it, just, it, could, it controlled bad because it was off the DS. That was the issue, yes. If that was a 3DS game, I could see it. That could probably help it, but you have, you know. you're trying to play a 3D video game with eight directional inputs. It's really bad. <laughs> it didn't have that control stick. That's that's the thing. <laughs> it had the directional pad, and trying to play Mario 64 with that was like, yeah, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> like, I I almost 100 percent of that the DS one, but I couldn't do Rainbow Cruise at all because the, let alone Rainbow Cruise being hard enough with the game functioning properly. Um, it was impossible to me with the controls the way that they were, because oh, yeah. it, it it requires such precise movement that I couldn't I couldn't do it. It's it was impossible to me. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah, anyway. I never finished it on the DS. It's too much. But I'm I'm excited for the for the future of Nintendo here. It might be a really good year for them. Well, what it looked like at the beginning of it, people going like, "What the fuck are they gonna do?" I mean, if if those rumors are true. Like we got, we kind of got an idea of it. And that's very exciting. This 35th anniversary of Mario, it's a big deal. The long-running motherfucker. They have an opportunity here because Sony and Microsoft are basically just focusing on gearing up their new consoles, right? Yeah. Nintendo has no such plans. They're just like, fuck it, switch. They have an opportunity to make their thing appeal more if they actually have stuff coming out for it, because like Xbox and PS 
five I may not even have launch titles at this point because of everything getting delayed for like the via Corona. So Nintendo has a good opportunity to appear more viable as a purchase, particularly around holiday season mm-hmm. over the other two. If they actually have, I don't know, fucking games coming out around the same time, <laughs> that'll really help. Yeah. I, we'll see what the release schedule looks like. This is kind of how Nintendo has been playing it out lately, where they're only kind of telling you what's coming a little bit at a time, besides like their super major stuff. Like, we knew about Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey way ahead of time, but everything else has kind of been like a slow burn for them. Like a they they tease things that will come out years from now, but for the most part, they keep it to, this is what's coming out this year. Right. Which I think is a good approach, considering a lot of what Sony and Xbox do is the opposite, where they only talk about, like, you know, here's what's coming Eventually. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo does that very sparingly. Like, the big examples of that are, like, Metroid Prime. Like, it's their big stuff. Like, they did it with Metroid Prime Metroid and Zelda. Prime 4, which is MIA, and then Breath of the Wild 2, which, like, just started development last year. Right. So. Yeah, Metroid Prime 4 just, like, basically had to be redone from the ground up. So we're not going to see that game for probably another couple years. It has so, the potential to be, like, a... FF7 remake where like everybody thought it was dead but then it comes out of nowhere and everybody goes oh shit man we're a week away from that game I'm very excited that's crazy I have no idea how it's gonna how the reaction to it's gonna be I'm pretty sure it's gonna be it's gonna be overwhelmingly positive I'm sure the game plays fantastic I was a fan of that demo um see I've never even beat Final Fantasy 7 yeah, I'm not a huge RPG guy in the first place, but like, I do like that game. It's very weird. I appreciate how weird it is. Characters are weird. Yeah, <laughs> and um, all the redesigns and stuff look great. And I'm glad that it seems like they are keeping every little thing from the original yeah, this- up to a point because this is only like part one. Right. They're they're just adding a lot. They're adding a ton. But it looks like In many ways, I feel like that's how you should do a remake. Um, I'll probably have more to say about this next week. Because uh, I'm going to play Resident Evil 3, which apparently has a lot of stuff that was in the original not in it. I don't know if that affects the game super negatively, necessarily. I think I'm still going to like it, of course. But I'll probably, we'll see. I'll probably still like it a lot myself. Like... If if it plays like Resident Evil Two and it's like even like remotely as like scary and like like fun as Resident Evil Two is, it'll be a good game, you know. By the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be already out. So I'll just wait till next time to talk about anything. Right? Yeah, it, it will be. This will be releasing on the same day that the game releases. So. Yeah, I feel like at that point, talking about even like I mean, I played the demo a bit. I liked it. I'll just say that, and like, I don't know. But any details of the demo like will be irrelevant by the time this comes out, so fuck right, that. Right. <laughs> Man. Alright, so are you ready to get into uh, let me let me bitch about Batman a little bit. I'm not Lego, uh, Arkham Knight. Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. Because I beat I beat that game. Oof. <laughs> like, 
Okay, no. I like that game a lot. Um, and in many ways, it is the best of the three Arkham games. But... <laughs> um, yes and no. I think that game really shines in specific moments, but not like overall big picture stuff doesn't make any sense at all. Because, like, I don't know what it was. I'm going to blame the Dark Knight a little bit. I'm going to blame the Dark Knight for basically making it, like, the rule that the Joker has to have a galaxy brain tier plan that is foolproof and so, like, huge and genius and grandiose that it defies description. I think that started with Nolan. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And it continued into these games because the movies impact the comics and the games and everything else. Uh So while we do have the Mark Hamill Joker doing the voice, he doesn't necessarily act like the Joker from the animated series. He acts more like he's a grandiose, big scheming Joker who has a giant big plan. Because that's how he worked in Arkham City. And that's how he works in this game, too. Because even though he's fucking dead... (laughs) Oh, dude, it doesn't stop. He still has a giant, big, grandiose plan, which was he infected multiple people with his blood, and for some reason that turns them into the Joker. And one of those people is Batman. So simultaneously, that is stupid as shit, but also the best part of the game... Because as you do stuff in the actual plot, which is to stop Scarecrow in the Arkham Knight, Joker is popping up constantly in your head, telling you shit. And that's great, but then it's really stupid, and the conclusion to all of it makes absolutely no sense. Right. Even though like some of the moments are good, because they let you straight up play as Joker in first person with a gun at the end of that game, and it's wild and was super unexpected when I initially played it back in 2015. But revisiting it now, it's like incredibly frustrating that so little of it makes sense in any way. Yeah. And I know expecting that out of comic book stuff is, is kind of uh, not going to work sometimes, but I at least appreciate, you know, basic thought put into things so that it doesn't feel like a giant, convoluted mess but i still liked playing it um i'm still playing it i'm gonna go for the plat because you know that's what i do i'm an idiot Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i I have to beat it again on new game plus um which i'll i think go through way faster now that i don't have to do the riddler garbage and like that's kind of the other thing i want to bitch about a little bit uh (laughs) there is That game feels like 10% the story missions and 90% side quests. It's a problem that a lot of uh, open world games, especially during that time, were suffering from. Look at your your Far Cries. That's during the massive overpopulation of Assassin's Creed games. Like, Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. of these games were doing the same fucking thing. Where it's like, put a little bit of, put like a little four-hour story in there, and then load the shit to the brim with garbage to do. And I think it's a problem, yeah. Because they feeling, a lot of them feel ingrained into the story, which is fine. Um, They give a lot more of a reason for all the villains being there in this one than in Arkham City. 
because it's like it's literally Scarecrow wants your your you to be torn in multiple directions. Yeah. He wants Riddler to distract you with his bullshit on purpose. Like he wants Riddler to have a separate dumb plan than him because he wants Riddler to be fucking with you and Two Face to be fucking with you and Penguin to be fucking with you while he's fucking with you because he wants you to get beaten down and torn in all directions. Um, it doesn't work because like you can ignore ninety percent of the game, <laughs> but like um, going that way with it where you beat everybody uh is fun in some ways but i think there's too much of some side quests like uh if you never play the game a, a militia force takes over gotham and there's like 20 fucking towers to take over from bad guys and like 20 fucking points on the ground to take over from bad guys and then like 20 fucking batmobile combat sections you have to do to take over from bad guys and that's in addition to the stuff you have to do in the main story doing the same shit by the way and it just feels like there's way too much of it like they could have been halved and been fine yeah there's no reason for there to be that much of it they're just they just packed up to the brim that's like and thankfully, that trend is starting to fall out a little bit because game companies are realizing that people just don't want to do that. The problem is, though, yeah. that, has, uh, that has now changed to uh, live service systems where now they're making all that the same well, I also hate bullshit. that, too. Yeah, so they're, yeah, they're doing the same overloaded bullshit, but then they're just trickling it down to you. So it seems more exciting. My favorite, my favorite side quests in the game were the ones that were one and done. Like, uh, there's this crazy preacher dude who kidnaps uh, Jack Ryder, a reporter, and you just go and take him out, and then it's done. He did that side quest. It's done. That's fine with me. I wish a lot of them were like that. Like, there's no reason, like, uh, to get to capture Penguin, you have to do four of the same mission in a row, which is you go to this car, you put a tracker on the car, you alert the bad guys so that they drive back to Penguin's hideout, and you follow them without being seen. Uh-huh. Then you bust in and beat up all the guys with Nightwing, and then you blow up Penguin's cache of guns. And you have to do that four times, and it's identical every time. And I was like, but why, though? Why not just do this once, and then the mission's over? Because right. I'm not getting anything out of having to do this same thing four times. And it's the same thing with Two-Face, too. You got to stop him robbing a bank like kill all of his goons. Well, kill, I say. <laughs> um, and you just have to do that like five times. There's no reason for it to be five times at all. I, I get the Riddler stuff a bit because it's a collectible. So it being strewn out all over the place, like at least all the puzzles are different. Right, makes sense. But um, there is still way too many of them. Like there's Riddler trophies and riddles and you got to stop him blowing up people and you gotta rescue Catwoman from him in multiple, like like twenty fucking trials of bullshit that he puts you through to get her free, uh, and all kinds of other crap that you know, and and then the Batmobile too. That's the thing that most people bitch about about this game. Um, there's way too much of it. It's not equal. Like it feels more like they force you to do Batmobile stuff more. Than anything else, which is weird. Um, 
they didn't nail that <laughs> gameplay. It's kind of unrefined. I wish they could have did more with it. It probably would have helped if it, like the Batmobile was always in these games and they had a chance to develop it into this game, but instead they just introduce it in the third game. So, oops. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's the game. I don't know what they were thinking on that one. The game is a mix of uh, a big symptom of the problems of its time, and then on top of it, just like an incoherent, like mess of an ending, and it's like really unfortunate, but still a fun game. I think my favorite part about the whole thing is the GCPD building, actually. Oh yeah, because. It, it's one of the coolest little hub areas I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah, because you can go in there and you can look at the evidence, and there's past cases from the previous games. And then as you capture villains, you get evidence and files for them as well. Uh, and also as you capture them, like 11 or 12, depending on what you do, main villains of the game, they all are put into a collective cell, and you could talk to them. And they have a couple unique dialogues. But then the best part is as you populate that cell with all of Batman's villains, they talk to each other. And that is the best, most entertaining part of the game to me because they say some stupid shit to each other. Oh, yeah, it's great. Because there's lots of weird personalities bouncing off each other in in there. Like if you ever wondered what uh, Professor Pig (laughs) would say to... Deathstroke, I know you haven't, but you actually do want to. I'm trust me on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um it's uh I, I like that aspect of it. <laughs> there is one weird thing that I want to point out, which is like super weird and sticks out to me. <laughs> one of the side quests is rescuing firemen. You have to rescue the entire fire crew. Of for Gotham City, basically. Yeah. Uh, so as as usual, <laughs> there's like 20 of them. And you have to do the same thing 20 times. Be that as it may. Once you finish it, you find out that the there was a problem. Um, the chief of the fire department hired Firefly, who is a Batman villain who is a pyromaniac. He flies around on a jetpack and sets stuff on fire. He hired Firefly to, on purpose, set fire to abandoned buildings so that there would be fires for them to put out because higher-ups were talking about cutting workers and like having mass layoffs. So in order to save his crew, he decided to... uh, align himself with a maniac to set fires, which I believe that this is a sort of, um, I'm trying to remember what movie this is basically ripped off from, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so this is just a normal man who did a bad decision and he immediately regrets it as you talk to him at the end of the side quest, right? Yeah. Batman throws him in the cell with all the other big villains. (laughs) So he's in a cell with, like, Deathstroke (laughs) and Two-Face and Scarecrow and all these super dangerous fucking people. And I'm like, why, though? I feel super bad for him. (laughs) Like, he did something wrong, but I don't think he needs to, like, 
have to be forced to sit next to Professor Pig. You know what I mean? Like that's like that's very unfortunate. <laughs> they totally didn't think about that when they were doing this game at all. Not at all. Oh man, it's super funny. But anyway, um, I still enjoyed it. I'm gonna move on to Control. I recently purchased that. It was super on sale. And I'm really looking forward to playing that. But I'm also going to play Resident Evil 3. So we'll see if I get to control or not. Because I'm sure I'm going to play Resident Evil 3 multiple times when it comes out. Oh yeah, me too. I'm very, very excited. I can't wait. Yes. So. Yeah, we could talk about the movie now. Ready to move on? Yeah, we're going to talk about Lego Batman. It's a movie. It's a big change of pace <laughs> compared to what uh, we've been watching. Last week we watched Suicide Squad, Justin. <laughs> I know. We went from that to this. You know what? Thank God. And you know what? This happened in real time for a lot of people, too, because like I skipped this movie when it came out. Um, I kind of dismissed it because I wasn't, you know... I, I. I don't know if this is unpopular or not, but I'm not a huge fan of the Lego movie. I think it's all right. It's it's okay. I just feel like it, it got like a lot of attention and everyone was saying it was like the best thing ever. And I just think it's okay. I, I don't think it's amazing or anything. Once again, it's another thing that's like – it's one of my problems with this movie too where it's just kind of like overblown. Sure. It's, it's like a gag a minute, like crazy nonstop kind of movie. Yeah, um, I think this movie suffers from this. One was, I think this one was way better, though, because I I had more of a personal interest in what they were talking about because we, we've been watching, like, every single interpretation of Batman on film in a row here, yeah. and uh, it's really cool to see a movie that takes the piss with it yeah. and uh, just completely deconstructs it at its foundation's yeah, and I think does a pretty good job of it. It was really super funny in that way. Yeah, yeah, completely bastardized the entire idea of Batman, <laughs> and like everything that went, goes along with it too. Like all his all his villains, like for the most part, all of all of Batman's core villains in this movie are just like meat, and like they're just. <laughs> and that's they're that's like, a weird right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They're just like. I don't know, and they're they're really they're not a major part of the movie. The only villain that's really a major part of the film is Joker, and uh, I don't know. Most of them were funny. Um, Catwoman was annoying as fuck, and immediately like kind of pissed me off. She's only in the movie for two seconds. She says meow. Yeah, like, <laughs> but the, she says meow meow. After every fucking thing she says, she says like four lines in the movie, and all four of those lines were like nails on a fucking chalkboard. Well, <laughs> they were, just, you know, their interpretation of a lot of these characters were just one note and a joke. Like, um, we'll get into it. It was like not a good joke. That that was my problem. Bane. Well, Bane that's that funny. Thing. Like, oh god, Bane was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bane was funny. Um, there's. So many jokes that like it's like it's it's kind of like that uh, like when you're watching something like Robot Chicken where it's like boom 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 like made for someone with ADD or something like that. Yeah, 
where like not everything is going to be a hit. Not every joke is going to land as it's intended. Um, not everything is going to be funny. And yeah, there's certainly some eye rolls and some cringe in this movie, but I think for the most part with what it's trying to do, I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was pretty okay. I was kind of surprised because I, I had heard that it got good reviews, but I, you know, I skipped it because I wasn't a fan of Lego movie that much. And like, it just looked like a kid's movie from the trailers and it is, it very much but is. it also a lot of stuff that kids wouldn't get at all, like deep lore Batman bullshit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think, I don't so, know, there's a lot of like, really, because, because they're firing so many jokes off. Yes. The problem, the problem with that format, unless you're like the most clever and or, or short, like Robot Chicken is, for example, <laughs> Um, you end up running into a problem where a lot of those jokes you're firing just don't work. Like like your obligatory I, Dick Grayson dick joke, which was terrible. And like God, I laughed at that one. I'm sorry. You did? Oh man, I thought I rolled my fucking eyes at it. I was like, oh, get it, Dick. Uh. <laughs> the first one where he said the kids call me Dick, and he said kids could be cruel. I yeah. thought that was funny. I was like, oh, get it, Dick. It's the best. Haha, ha, his name's Dick joke that I've heard in actual canon ever used. I'll yeah. tell you that. Oh, I'll give you that. Um, Still well, not that this is actual canon, but you know what I mean? In an actual released Batman thing. <laughs> yeah, just like, once again, I don't think it just gives it much room to be clever. Like, that's not a particularly clever joke, you know? No, but there's so many that not all of them have to be, I yeah, guess. I guess. <laughs> um, so anyway. Yeah, hit me with the shit. So, a couple years before this came out, there was the Lego movie, written and directed by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who uh, are pretty great. They uh, produced Spider-Verse, which is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, And they also did uh, the 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street, which I think are pretty okay. They're pretty funny comedies. Uh, So, they they released Lego movie in 2014. Batman's a side character in that movie. He's kind of just like a one-note uh, joke. Yeah. Uh, like the only joke that they use him for really is, um, the main character likes a girl and she's dating someone already. And it happens to be Batman. So the joke being that he, he is such a normal schlub of a person that he can never live up to her current girlfriend being, literally Batman. That's the only joke that the character is there for in that movie. So I'm I'm glad that they kind of like expanded that to make him super incredibly narcissistic in this movie. Yeah. Um, So, um, yeah, I don't know. So obviously that movie was a huge success. So they greenlit uh, a bunch of sequels and spinoffs. And the first thing released is, is this one, the Lego Batman uh, so our director is Chris McKay, and I've been bringing up Robot Chicken a lot, uh, mainly because that's this guy's style. He was an editor for that show and also Moral Oral for Adult Swim, and he eventually became a director of tons of those series episodes. Uh, his expertise in stop-motion animation lands him a job on the Lego movie as the co-director of the animation. And while Lord and Miller are finishing filming 22 Jump Street, 
he is put in charge of supervising all animation and effects for the movie. And that helps land him the job to direct this movie. His, uh, you know, experience making animated parody, all that shit. Right. Uh, the story of the film is plotted by Seth Graham Smith, who is the author of uh, <laughs> Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, if you remember those books. Oh, boy. Uh, so he helped write the script. The script's written by five people. It's him. There's Chris McKenna, who wrote for American Dad and Community, and he also helped write the MCU, Spider-Man films, Homecoming and Far From Home. Okay. Uh, Eric Somers, who basically has the same resume, American Dad, Community, and MCU Spider-Man films. Uh, we got Jared Stern, who uh, worked on uh, fucking <laughs> Mr. Popper's Penguins. Oh, what a hit. And the internship. What a hit. Uh, <laughs> now he works on uh, Green Eggs and Ham for Netflix, which I heard is actually, despite being a dumb idea for a Netflix series, not bad. Huh. Um. And also John Whittington, who seems to got his start working on this movie and then went to make Green Eggs and Ham as well with the other guy. So there's already like I was uh, anticipating it to have a lot of writers after watching the movie. Like it only made sense because there's no way that only one person wrote every single joke because there's like 800 of them. Right. So Chris McKay described working on the film as a mixed blessing. Due to the rushed production schedule, it was only like uh, three years after the Lego movie and like a computer-generated animated movie, so that's kind of like a lot of work. (laughs) He said it made it difficult to fit in everything he wanted. He cited the naked gun and airplanes key influences, which I understand. Um, He also described the film as, quote, Jerry Maguire as directed by Michael Mann, which I do not get. (laughs) I don't understand what he's talking about there. What does that even mean? Um, I guess the plot of Jerry Maguire, but it's an action film. But, like, then again, that is not what this movie is. No, not at all. This uh, Saying it is airplane, but Batman is a better interpretation i feel because it's gag a minute um so on the film's interpretation of batman and robin he said the following uh quote i was thinking we were basically taking the burt ward robin and sticking him in the batmobile with the Zack snyder ben affleck batman or the frank miller batman and putting those two different energies together somebody who's like the grumpiest dark grittiest broodiest batman with the most positive indefatigable kid and uh, that aspect I do like. That was a good choice for them to make Robin um, super young and innocent to a, and super naive <laughs> as compared to his Batman being uh, ridiculously brooding and dark. But also an idiot. And a narcissist. Uh, like, none of the characters are intelligent in this movie. No, <laughs> not at all. It's not, not that kind of movie. It's, it's uh, everyone dumb. But dumb equals comedy, usually. Yeah, most circumstances. So, um, like most animated films, uh, at least these days, the voice cast is, uh, like, you know, one metric fuckton of celebrities 
just celebrities everywhere. In addition to this one, in particular, having like so many, many, many cameos, because if you were to list every single speaking role in this movie, we'd be here for like another two hours. Right. Cause there's so many, cause right. it's, it's basically like every single Batman villain that's ever existed. And then villains from other things just because, <laughs> which is actually one of my favorite parts of it. Cause I didn't expect that. And it was kind of super funny and worked really well. Really? Like you, you thought, you thought that I see, I'm, I'm at the opposite stance on that i thought i think i thought that's where the movie gets a little overblown and like i think that's a good way to ramp it up and be comedic about it i thought like just voldemort shows up okay why not fuck it (laughs) that's funny to me i don't know and they did a lot of funny things with them like i i can't believe half of the ones that they got to be in this there's gremlins in this that yeah, Gremlins. That, that was fun. There's Agent Smiths. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> There's Agent Smiths. Um, so I don't know. I'll just uh, go through the cast real quick, as quick as I can. We got Will Arnett as Batman. Uh, he does a great job. He's the best part about the whole movie. Oh yeah, I like his voice a lot. It works both ways. Like, it's a Batman voice, but it's like an idiot Batman voice. It's the perfect voice for it. Uh, The Joker is Zach Galifianakis, which I didn't realize until the credits happened. Yeah, he did a good job. Um, He did, uh, but I didn't recognize it as his voice at all at any point. I don't know how I didn't... Um, But yeah, he did a good job. I like the Joker in this, actually. It's a fun interpretation of the character uh yes i do think it's better than jared leto he will be ranked higher than jared leto if we rank jokers let's be real here <laughs> man robin is michael sarah which i did notice immediately <laughs> um, uh rosario dawson is barbara gordon um Ray Fiennes is Alfred, which is weird because he played Voldemort in Harry Potter, right? Yeah, and Voldemort in this movie, (laughs) but he is not voicing Voldemort. Well, they they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to make it the same character. They wanted to overblow and like basically make parody of Voldemort. Yeah, Voldemort is Voldemort is instead Eddie Izzard. Like they just the the casting in this movie is whack. There's so much weird stuff. Uh Commissioner Gordon's in the movie for like a minute. He's uh Hector Elizondo. Uh Mariah Carey is the mayor of Gotham for some reason. Uh that's just how it is. <laughs> um and uh Ellie Kemper from uh the office and uh uh Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is uh the Lego brick in charge of the Phantom Zone which was a weird plot element, but, like, fuck it, I guess. Yeah. So let me talk about some of the villain cameos here, because uh, none of the villains besides Joker and a couple of the Phantom Zone ones uh, really have a lot of dialogue, so it's all just kind of, like, voice cameos from 
multiple crazy unexpected sources. Uh, Billy D. Williams is Two Face, which is crazy because that finally like fulfills uh, him being Harvey Dent in '89, and then they never did anything with that. They finally let him do it. They finally let him be Two Face. That's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's in this context. <laughs> um, we got Ricky Lindholm and Kate Micucci, uh, who are also known as Garfunkel and Oates. They're Poison Ivy and Clayface. <laughs> uh, Conan O'Brien is the Riddler. Jason Manzukas is Scarecrow. Uh, Catwoman is Zoe Kravis, which is weird because she's playing the live-action one in the upcoming The Batman next year. Good, I can't wait for her to finish her sentences with meow meow and I tear my hair out. I, I'm going to highly doubt that that's how she <laughs> plays the character in that one. Wouldn't it be fucking crazy if she just portrayed it the exact same way? <laughs> Dude, it would be a disaster. And they were okay with it? Oh my god. And uh, Bane is Doug Benson, which I also did not expect. Um, clearly just parodying Tom Hardy, because um, Bane is not allowed to be anything else other than that ever again. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot of it yet, but the new like Harley Quinn show, they do the same exact fucking thing. Bane's not allowed to not sound like, oh, you merely adopted the doc, like ever again. Like it, it, it ruined him. Or made him better, I'm not sure. <laughs> Who knows, at this rate. Uh, a lot of other cameos. Uh, the Justice League appears briefly, and it's it's not just, you know, the standard ones. They also have to throw in the super friends. So you got, like, the, the affirmative action heroes, <laughs> like Apache Chief and El Dorado, but also, <laughs> like, the Wonder Twins and shit. <laughs> um... But anyway, Channing Tatum is Superman, Jonah Hill is Green Lantern, and Adam Devine from Workaholics is The Flash, which, uh, that's good casting, that's fine. Yeah. For the, for the, like, <laughs> for the, for the way that they're portrayed in this movie, which is kind of like assholes, <laughs> just like everyone else, it's fine. And, uh, that is about it. Most of the other cameos are people that I don't know, like the editor of the film and stuff like that. So what uh, what happens in this movie? <laughs> How do you describe the plot of this movie? Oh, Jesus Christ. No, I'll do the best I can. Uh... It's pretty basic. It's so basic that it's laughable, but but it goes through a lot of weird phases because it's, you know, a comedy. Yeah. So immediately the movie kicks off and Will Arnett starts talking and uh over a black screen because he's like, Yeah, movie start with a black screen and and then he talks through the logos and shit and I'm like, We're doing this. All right. Yeah. I I didn't I didn't I didn't like it very much. It's like this is kinda weird. Like I get what you're going for, but like uh it kinda like already set the tone for me, like, oh, this is just gonna be incredibly overblown. Like, for yes. the whole time. And, like, that, that's what they were going for. I get it. Well, they wanted to let you know immediately. Yeah, like, this is what it's going to be. They're they're just firing off and just being as ridiculous as they possibly can. It's like, okay. Yeah. I get it. And they bookend that the same fucking way, too, at the end. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> all movies end with a white screen. Like, oh, come on, man. But anyway, I, yeah. would, I felt like they should have just saved his appearance for when he actually appears in the movie. Like, yeah, me too. Because his actual first appearance as Batman is quite uh, fun and stupid and memorable. Yeah. Um, so, like, they should have just did that. Yeah, right away the movie starts with a plane flying over Gotham City. Uh, they they crack a joke about how they have all of these explosives carrying this plane, carrying in this plane. It's like two, mm-hmm. two dudes who are like super bros. Great, they, they say they're best <laughs> friends. So they're carrying like a shit ton of explosives, and they round it out and two best friends. <laughs> and then everybody's yeah. The airport, they're like, oh, sounds good to me. Like yeah, and then uh, of course, here comes Joker to get the explosives from the plane, and he is teamed up with every Batman villain, and he goes to great lengths to name all of them. Uh, and we get to the point where he's naming like, um, Egghead <laughs> and and Condiment King. The Condiment <laughs> like, King, dude. I was like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> And then they have to like you know because this movie is like this and it and it kill constantly kind of fourth wall break. Uh, one of the the pilot says to Joker, "I think you made some of those up." And he's like, "No, they're all real. Google it," <laughs> which is great because like yeah, there's even some that he doesn't name that are like deep references that I can't even believe they put them in here. Like there's the mutant leader from dark Knight returns is in here somewhere. Oh my God. Uh, there's characters that are only in the Batman cartoon and stuff like that. If you remember that one, Oh God, there, there's shit all over the place, man. There's so many obscure, obscure character. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. I like I, I how it acknowledges the entire history of Batman. It doesn't make any sense for all of that stuff to have happened, but fuck it. There's no hard canon here. It's all just like, whatever. Yes, Batman is 80 years old. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> so, yeah, Joker gets on the plate, he takes it over. And he starts hashing out a, a master plan to make some giant-ass bomb and then uh, points out the fact that Gotham City is basically just sitting on, like, really unstable foundation over an abyss. Just a complete abyss. And if he breaks his so, so this is um this is actually a reference to the actual Lego movie, right? Oh, okay. Because uh, when, when the main character fell off the table... That was referred to as into an abyss, and then he just like fell into the real world and was just like on the floor. Oh, that's if right. I remember right. Yeah, yeah. So that that's Gotham City is literally on a table because it's on the dad from the Lego movie's table. Like that's apparently what's going on here. Oh. This is still all imagined by that kid, I guess, is what we're going with here. Okay. <laughs> um which I, I guess is fine. That's why everything is silly. And yeah, once again, this is this is like a, a spinoff of the Lego Movie. It's like, yeah, like very much so. 
but it doesn't rely on it. Like you don't have to watch it to watch this one. No, not all you really need for this one is just maybe even just a little bit of an appreciation for Batman and a willingness to make fun of it. Yeah. And you get that in spades. You get a lot of it. You get maybe too much of it because there is a lot. (laughs) So much. I recommend taking a break about halfway through this movie and then coming back to it. Because after a certain point, you are right. It is a little much. It gets to be a little much. Yeah. I I should have taken a break halfway through it. I think I might have appreciated it more. (laughs) Um, I I did around around when Joker fell into the fan zone. I took about like 30 minutes and then came back to it. (laughs) Um, That probably helped you out a lot. Would you like, yeah, I'm not saying that that's like, that's not like a good thing to say about a movie, right? It's not, but sometimes I feel that way with comedies in general that are like this. Yeah. Even great ones. Like, I feel like I just have to take a second. So maybe that's just a me problem. Maybe most people don't feel this way. Yeah, I'd imagine not, but I don't know, it might help you, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, so Joker's got this big bomb ready and just completely collapsed the foundation of this table. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and the, he, uh, he calls, he takes over some radio stuff, contacts Gotham City Police, says, hand over the mayor or I'm going to blow the city up. And the, and the mayor's like, yeah, let's do it. Go ahead. Because Batman hasn't shown up yet. Yeah. So they... they Strap her, they put her in the helicopter, they just strap her to the helicopter and take off. And, uh, and then just drop... Mayor Mariah Carey. Then they just drop Mariah Carey in, like, the center (laughs) of all the villains. Like, oh, there you go. And then, uh, he makes a quip, starts making a quip at Joker, and then, like, rips off a mask, and, oh, it's Batman. Haha. And then they play uh, metal as Batman sings at the audience. Yeah, this part's uh, this talking part's... about how cool he is and how awesome Batman is. And it sets the tone for the movie and his personality because yep. we usually don't have a Batman who is full of himself. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, usually. If it appears that he's full of self-loathing, to be honest, um, but this one is really upfront about um, being the best uh, person to ever exist, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is a really funny take on it. Uh, a person this alone becoming this self-obsessed is a funny take on it. I like the deconstruction of the entire character. In making him like this. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> um, and he effortlessly takes out all the villains. Yep. The Joker starts Cause getting fuck away. It. Yeah, because well, fuck, it's Batman. He's like said, overblowing <laughs> his personality, making him like. So he, not only is he like super full of himself, but he's also super good at his job. So he uh, absolutely decimates all these villains, and then uh, Joker starts to get away. And then uh, Joker, like, starts talking about their relationship, you know, <laughs> in his village. And it, 
and you immediately see where it's going. This is poking fun at like basically the idea of the killing joke. <laughs> um, sort of in a way, we're just like everybody talks about. We're like, oh, the Batman can't exist without the Joker. The Joker can't exist without Batman. Like that whole thing. It's a weird sequence of references here. Um, so in Jerry Maguire, you have that line where Tom Cruise says, you complete me. Right. Right. Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight says the same fucking thing, and I'm not sure if it was supposed to be a reference to that, but then it comes full circle because in this movie, (laughs) Batman watches that movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here's the you complete me line. And then that's also kind of like Joker's whole deal in this movie. Uh, His obsession with Batman isn't like romantic, but like all the jokes about it, of course, are because no shit, obvious jokes here to make. Um, Like, I just want you to say I hate you as opposed to I love you and stuff like that. Um, which just is, I think, a funny deconstruction of the Batman-Joker dynamic. It's funny. I, I like the direction they went with it. <laughs> um, yeah, Batman basically rejects him and says, Ah, oh, you mean nothing to me. And then Joker... I like the implication that his greatest enemy is actually Superman. <laughs> which, like, yeah. Yep. Because... Remember, this came out only one year after Batman v Superman. Um, so the dunks on that are fresh, and that's cool. Yep. And uh, yeah, so then because of that, Joker's fifis get hurt, and uh, he, he fought, <laughs> fought some balloons, swearing ultimate revenge on Batman. Yeah. Um, so then both the characters go to their house. Um, Batman's is Wayne Manor on Wayne Island, which is a a bit a bit different. Uh, I feel like they made it an island just so that it is metaphorical, but only in an obvious sense because there's nothing subtle about this movie. (laughs) Um, And uh, this this sequence is kind of funny because we get a sense of how alone he is, where he just like nukes lobster and uh, just stares at the microwave yeah. for like thirty seconds. Like this also kind of like helps out with it. Could I also point out like how beautifully this film's actually animated? Like, damn, they did a good job. Yeah, it's really. Really good looking. I think it looks better and flows better than the Lego movie yeah, I can tell animation were... that Lego stuff did. Yeah, it honestly like fine. there's parts of the Lego movie that are hard to watch. Like visually for me. Like it hurts my eyes. I'm not even joking. <laughs> um because it's it's really like snappy stop motion. I mean it's not stop motion. Because it's computer generated, but like you know what I mean. It's computer generated. It's designed it's like, stop motion. like stop motion, right? I just think they did a better job of making things flow and look more like the characters were actually moving in this movie, as Absolutely. opposed to 
that initial Lego movie. Yeah, you tell they're refining their style. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's really I appreciate really nice. being able to watch the movie without, like, my eyes hurting. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that man sits down and uh, puts on some movies. They're actual movies. They're just, like, full-ass live action. Yeah, <laughs> it's Jerry like, Maguire. Yeah, he puts on <laughs> Jerry Maguire and sits down. He's just like, oh, my God. I didn't anticipate there being live action in this movie at one bit. So that was kind of funny that he's just watching a real movie. Yeah, that's good. Um, And then we get another joke when Alfred shows up because he he talks about um, how he went through similar phases in his life. uh, And then he just basically names every single year that, that, that a Batman movie came out. Yeah. And we get like a close up of the bat nipples from Batman and Robin, and also footage of uh, Adam West Batman yeah, doing the the bat the bat two C, <laughs> 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 which like good. Uh, they could have just animated that with Lego, but it's way funnier if you just actually show it. <laughs> um, that's really that's really really funny. And we get this little scene where like. You see Batman looking at his picture of his parents. You know, you always got to have the parent dynamic with Batman. He's just staring at a picture of him. And then Alfred scares him, but he, like, fucking kicks him. That happens, like, way too many times in this movie as a joke. Yeah. Where Batman attacks someone who is, like, coming up behind him. Yeah. Because he's just, like, that on edge, I guess. Yeah. And then uh, after that, we get a uh, we move on over to what's happening with Joker, and uh, he's he's at his place. He's also he's sad, and uh, <laughs> so he gets the plan when he watches the news. Right, uh, news is Superman talking about. Uh, General Zod and how he has a great relationship, villain relationship with General Zod. Like, that's his nemesis, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Joker is jealous. But then he talks about the Phantom Zone thing, where he put Zod and he gets an idea, which this plan is convoluted. But considering this is a parody film, it should be. Because the way to parody modern Joker is he has a convoluted plan. This is somehow with this... galaxy brain scale. <laughs> this plan is somehow less convoluted than the plan in the Dark Knight. I I agree, but it still involves <laughs> happenstance. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Later. Um so where do we go from here? So, I, I think we go to New Commissioner. Right, yeah. So now we get uh, it's the following day, and uh, the city is holding a winter gala, which is celebrating the retirement of Jim Gordon. And, yes. Uh, and the ascension of uh, Barbara Gordon as the new commissioner. Uh, they bastardized This is a cool Gordon. twist. I like it. Yeah. They, they bastardized it's Gordon. They, they bring him down where like, his only job is pressing the bat signal button. <laughs> which i think is kind of funny because like sometimes that is how um useful he is like in the in the tim burton and joel schumacher ones he yep. just he basically only exists to call batman 
and say, hey. <laughs> right. And like, that's such a good character, but he usually isn't portrayed well. Um, and here, that's basically just played for laughs. Uh, where your new police commissioner is Barbara Gordon, who is going to do things differently, where she actually wants to train uh, the cops to take care of the city's crime, as opposed to Batman, which yep. offends Bruce Wayne attending. Yep, and during this, uh, um, we get we get our introduction to Dick Grayson as he... Uh, he orphan. Yeah, he's orphan. He walks up to Bruce Wayne and starts talking to him, and uh, Bruce Wayne is enchanted by Barbara Gordon and is not listening to anything he's saying. And then, he's just saying yeah to everything he says, which eventually culminates in him saying, will you adopt me? And he says yeah, because <laughs> he's not paying attention. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, Pat, yeah, Bruce Wayne gets really pissed at Barbara Gordon, talking about how she's going to try to make a basically a Gotham City without Batman. We're working with Batman. But he's like, I want to work alone. Yeah. So Batman, and he gets really pissed off. And then uh, Joker shows up. With all the villains. Mm-hmm. And it looks like he's going to attack the new commissioner, but then he says he surrenders. And also all the other villains surrender, too. They don't seem to be on board with this plan. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, it just has a trap set for them that, like, boxes them up in, like, a present. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like, as, as, as stupid as this movie is, as farcical as this movie is, I still like that, like, the themes and dynamics are present in multiple spaces because like you have Batman not wanting a relationship with anyone else. Then you have Joker only wanting a relationship with Batman to the point where like the other villains who I guess probably like look up to him and follow him. He just discards immediately and treats as expendable and lets them get arrested and also abandons them later in the movie. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> like he's doing the same shit that he's accusing Batman of, which is fine because, of course, the Joker would be uh, hypocritical, <laughs> right? But no shit. Um, so this is part of Joker's plan, though, because the only one that's not arrested is Harley Quinn. Yep, who, who gets... uh, goes undercover? I guess. Yep, she just gets into some like la- like a lab coat and then like disappears. By the way, she's voiced by Jenny Slate, who uh, you can see in like, Parks and Rec and a, and a bunch of things, a billion things. Yeah. <laughs> so Batman, of course, doesn't buy this. He immediately suspects that the Joker's up to something, and he gets researching on how to just stop him. And by uh, research, I mean locking him in prison. <laughs> Yeah, which is when <laughs> this is what I was meaning by the convoluted plan based on happenstance. Harley pulls up in a van for um oh my god, what was the joke here? It was it was like it sounded like Phantom Zone. Yeah. But it was a laundry truck. I forget what it it was Phantoms with like a apostrophe S own. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Oh, laundry something like that yeah <laughs> which is so stupid but that's how they implant the idea in his head to put joker in the phantom zone yep so he goes back which starts... is what he wants right so he goes back to back cave starts planning it alfred 
uh, goes up and he's like, hey, maybe you should uh, not do this. You have a son now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, <laughs> not realizing. I like the relationship, the, the comical uh, Alfred Batman relationship in this where like he literally like tries to put him in a timeout. And like locks his internet access and does other things like he's his parent, right? <laughs> and that Batman is like eight because he has the temperament of an eight-year-old in this movie. So like, uh, yeah. So then he goes and meets uh, Dick Grayson. Yep, and immediately yeah. recruits him to uh, to help him uh, to help him sneak into the Fortress of Solitude. So we can yes. So we can steal like Superman's Phantom Zone gun. He won't be able to fit into the area to go get it because his abs are too rock hard or something like that. <laughs> Again, some ridiculous. Um, <laughs> he has a he has a nine pack. He says this to us. He has an extra ab. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking movie. All right, so he he only lets him come along on this journey. Because of that, right? Yeah. So he's super selfish and shitty and putting a child in danger to fulfill his own needs. That's where we're at, our hero, with Batman. (laughs) This movie's great. And and completely tearing down an icon. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) So they go to the Fortress of Solitude and uh, they're going to try to sneak in. But there's a party going on inside, and Batman talks to Superman, and Superman like seems like, uh, oh, 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 no, oh, bat- hi, Batman, like he's. So, so there was a party of all the members of the Justice League. And they didn't invite Batman because he's a dude. is the implication here <laughs> because he's because no one wants to hang out with him because he's shitty, right? Right. And him realizing that is, like, super awkward. Like, Flash has him take a picture of everybody, but he's taking the picture, so he's not in the picture. <laughs> like, um, and then, meanwhile, Robin goes and gets the uh, the thing by doing exactly what Batman tells him to do. And Batman, like, bonds with him because he, like... Listens. He, he listens exactly to him and does exactly what he says. So he's like, yes, <laughs> my son um, and uh, I think they got him a costume before this I forget uh, their explanation for the stupid pantsless Robin costume is kind of funny yeah well because he gets the poor. costume it's like some weird Batman costume but then he's like it was, oh. a, it was a Rasta Farian <laughs> colored Batman costume yeah <laughs> for something and Robin's like oh these pants are too tight I can't do any acrobatics he just rips the pants off yeah, sure. <laughs> There's no reason for Robin to not have pants. I don't know what the 30s were doing, man. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> he just just does just just no pants. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm very glad they gave Robin pants eventually cuz that would have been stupid. <laughs> like in in the comics, I mean, like Jesus. Uh, anyway, so yeah. uh they got the gun and he's going to go shoot the Joker with it. Um, But they get caught while trying to get into the police station. So then they just uh, fight past everybody. 
A uh, really good sequence where there's an x-ray machine, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so they appear as Lego skeletons, which I love Lego skeletons. I love the design of them. They're so weird looking. Rattle. Um, the rattly bones. They're skeletons later, too. They're just they're just there. Uh, <laughs> they're part of the part of the villains we're getting soon here. So Batman fights past a lot of people and shoots the Joker with the Phantom Zone gun and sends him to the Phantom Zone. And then um, Barbara arrests Batman and Robin <laughs> and puts them in jail because they did that. <laughs> Which makes uh, sense. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah, they... and then Joker goes to the Phantom Zone and meets uh, all the villains that are there. Yep, and then says, "Oh, I have a plan to free you guys." We don't know what he does to free them, but he, uh, well, we I mean like we know what he does to free him, but he's he's like, well, oh, I have Harley, a plan. Quinn. Harley Quinn gets the Phantom Zone gun, right? And then she, there's a button on it to just Let release everybody. Out. Yeah. Because of course there is. Oh, no, you know what? I know this is a parody of comics, but that checks out. <laughs> That's <laughs> how it works with that, too. <laughs> like, you know, like when Zod and uh, the other Kryptonians are in that fucking square that's floating about <laughs> in, the, in the classic Superman movies, you just got to hit the let them out button. And then, the, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no, they're here. Yep. So, so yep. like, this, let's talk about these villains that are here. Yeah. So I've got a. Sh- I don't know about what you have, but I have a short list here of like <laughs> every ever like the main. I also do. I, I okay because it's so many different franchises and crossovers here. Like I don't know how they even got the rights to some of these. I mean, I guess it being Warner Brothers, they were able to probably have permission to use a lot of these things, but uh, I have a complete list of everything that's here. Right, okay. Yeah. You got uh, got classic things like Medusa and like a creature from the Black Lagoon looking guy. Yeah. You got a mummy. You got Dracula. You got King Kong. <laughs> you got you got fucking Daleks from Doctor Who. You got oh. the Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz. You got the Kraken. You got Agent Smith and his clones. You got the shark from Jaws. <laughs> you got Voldemort. You have Sauron, which was my favorite one. That they gave Sauron a personality it was really funny to me. By the way, he's voiced by uh, one of the dudes from Flight of the Concords. <laughs> you have fucking a T Rex and Velociraptors. Clearly based off of the Jurassic Park Lego sets. Yeah. Uh, you have a bunch of skeletons who um, I believe are supposed to be a reference to Jason and the Argonauts, but they could also just be skeletons, because fuck it. Right. And you got gremlins. Gremlins from the movie Gremlins, although they do attack a plane, which is a Twilight Zone reference, just to have one more reference to something in here. <laughs> Um, so yeah, all of these things are in the Phantom Zone, and then Joker lets them out, and they all attack Gotham. And, uh, I mean, they have all their powers that they would have. Like, this is such an OP, ridiculous 
situation for anyone to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> like Voldemort's literally like flying around turning people into frogs and like Sauron's melting people with lava and like it's just pure chaos. Yeah, and Joker uh marches into the Batcave, takes it over, says get me Batman. Mm-hmm. And uh Who is in jail? Yeah. <laughs> Barbara Gordon eventually lets out it's like, oh we gotta work together to do this. Yeah. Well, her whole thing the whole time has been like, we like should work together to fight crime as opposed to you only do it by yourself. Right. And he doesn't want to hear that because he's this Batman. (laughs) Oh, by the way, my favorite joke in the entire movie uh, is when all the villains get let out and uh, they show the citizens reaction to it. And one of them just says, well, I'm gonna go loot and yeah. then just runs away. That was that's my favorite joke in the whole movie, dude. I, I that's that's the one joke in the movie that I like. I laugh straight up out loud at. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm gonna start looting and then runs away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so funny. So obviously, um, Batman starts trying to fight all of them. And uh, does a pretty good job by teaming up and listening to the input of other people like Robin and Alfred and Barbara. Um, this whole scene with the plane where they're getting attacked by gremlins. Yep. Uh, he tries to put the plane on autopilot with the rope. Yep. Just uh, <laughs> And uh, because... Barbara decides to take the controls. That helps Alfred not die, I believe, because he's about to fall off of the fucking Batwing. Yeah. Or whatever they're flying. Yeah. It's multiple things at multiple points because they carry over the the uh, thing from the first Lego movie where Batman can just build shit because he's one of the builders or whatever you want to say. Yeah. There was like a couple of them in that movie and he was one of them. So, like, he could just make alterations to the vehicles as he goes in this movie, just by slapping Lego crap on it, which is funny and works with the concept of this being Lego pretty well. <laughs> Cause like at one point it's like a big mech thing that what runs around and stuff. <laughs> but, uh, so they only all live because they work together and then they, uh, celebrate. But then when he realizes that this is like a family, and he hears the word family, he gets traumatized and thinks about how he lost his parents, of course. So he pushes them away and forces them into the robot and has the robot take them to a taco stand while he goes and fights all the villains himself because he doesn't want to put them in harm's way. Right. Because now he feels like he can lose a family again because that's his one, like, true fear. Is that happening again? Yeah. I guess. Uh, and obviously, yeah. He walks up to the Joker and uh, immediately Joker's like, yeah, you're not going to change. You're not because he does the same thing. He doesn't like respect his, his, his relationship with the Joker. Yep. So the Joker just uh, zaps him and sends him to the Phantom Zone. Yeah. So, um... There's a brick there. (laughs) 
that talk and like assesses like your badness level like like if you belong in the phantom zone i I believe its name is phyllis Um, yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so she assesses batman's thing batman's like no i'm a good guy and then shows all the shitty things he's done the entire movie to him and he feels bad because now he has to like reconcile with it and he is kind of a bad guy. He's not, he, he's not, you know, one or the other, and he feels bad. So he makes a deal with the Lego brick <laughs> to um, send him back, and he'll bring all the other villains back and put them back where they belong. Yep. And then, but also, as repentance, he still needs to send himself back. Yes, she she clarifies all the villains. Okay, so Joker, in the meantime, takes uh, all the explosives that uh, he sees from before from in the from the Batcave and uh, hatches basically the same exact plan, except he's got a way different army this time. Yeah, well, this time he takes Batman's trophy bombs, <laughs> which he had a bunch of them. From all the times he stopped Joker from blowing up the city before, assumedly. Yep. Um, so now we get uh, Batman comes back down, and uh, they recruit all of the all of the regular Batman villains to take uh, to on fight the fight alongside. Yeah, which is um, great. That's fine. This is a great way to end the movie um, with a big, overblown, ridiculous, silly action scene with every single Batman villain ever fighting the Joker and his new team of villains from other properties. (laughs) Um, uh, Like, you have, like, all these ridiculous ones. You got Orca, who is a whale. (laughs) Um condiment king is here again hooray and they all suit up and go to take him on and batman apologizes to everybody and explains why he was scared and all that but he needs their help and you know the sappy of course thing that needs to be said to make the movie plot go forward in the kids you know what i mean it's there's only so much you can do I guess uh, if that's what you want to do, that's what you got to do with this plot. And, uh, you know, uh, they succeed in beating everybody and banishing all the old villains to the Phantom Zone, right? Uh huh. But then the bomb still explodes. So Gotham is crumbling and about to fall off the table, I guess. <laughs> um, they don't outright say, you know, it's it's a table, and they don't outright say this is all in a kid's mind, but it's, it is supposed to be in the same canon as the other Lego movies, which that is the canon of that. Right. I think they just don't bring that stuff up, so it's not like you have to watch anything else before you watch this one. It stands alone, which right. is just fine. Yeah. Um. So, in order to save it, they all stack on top of each other's heads and connect via the the Lego foot part 
to the Lego head part <laughs> of everybody to pull the city back together. And it's the climactic moment where Batman asks the Joker for help and admits to him that he is his greatest villain and he does hate him. <laughs> and this, this pleases Joker and makes him happy. So they help each other and they pull the city back together so that they don't all fucking die. <laughs> Batman also asks him how, asks Joker how his abs are, which is pretty good. <laughs> He's like, they're not good. <laughs> but they have to start crunching, so they pull the city together. And uh, hooray, the day is saved. And then, like, he just says, see you later, Joker. <laughs> well, no, first he tries to uh, put himself back into the Phantom Zone. Yeah, and Phyllis rejects him. Says, ah, you're a hero. Because he's good now. Yeah, he learned lesson. Because, yay, kid film. And, um... <laughs> But then the Joker just says, see you later. And he's like, bye. And they just let all the villains go. <laughs> and, and, but like, it's only to give them a head start because he feels like with his new bat family, he can take all of them on no problem. And yep. then movie ends with a white screen. And then a obnoxious pop song. But then like the movie, like, I knew it was going to do that, but then the movie, like, makes it a joke that it's doing that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. It's still a bad song, but what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> um, then, uh, you also get a little scene where uh, it's uh, Batman literally follows the same exact rituals he did before, but it's just with the other three of them. <gasps> Yeah, he still watches Jerry Maguire and microwaves leftover lobster. Except he stuffs four everybody. plates in the microwave this time instead of one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> like nothing has really changed, really. <laughs> and that and then that was that movie, which um is very different from all the other ones we've watched. Very much so. But I didn't very mind much. it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely better than some of them. I'll tell you that much. I, I appreciate what it tried to do. Not every joke lands. Not everything is as funny as it could be. But I still enjoyed it. I didn't hate watching it. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it's all right. I, uh, like I said, it, it's the way the movie runs is so rapid, so overblown that it's, like, almost impossible for everything to land. And, I mean, I, yeah. I, I get why you go for that style, because it's, like... Quantity over quality, I suppose. Yeah, so it loses a little bit of quality in that aspect, in my opinion. But uh, it's still it's still at least fun. And, and that's good. It, it's definitely a big change of pace from what we've been watching up to this point. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'd recommend it. I think I liked it more than you, so this might make this this part of the discussion interesting. Uh, where do we put it? All right, in um, the rankings of like this is a, a bit like comparing apples to oranges a bit because it's it's easy to understand why this live action Batman movie is better than this live action Batman movie, but this is like a whole other thing entirely. Right. Well, so I don't really know how, but like, I guess I'll just work our way up 
I, I definitely think it's better than Catwoman, Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, Batman and Robin, and Batman Forever. Can you yeah. agree on that? At oh, least? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, do you like it better than Birds of Prey? I'm leaning towards yes. Yes. All right, so now we're at The Dark Knight Rises. If it's higher than that, that's going to be super funny to me, and I kind of support it. Hmm. <laughs> put it right above. Yeah, put it right above that. Okay, that means the only that means it'd be under Batman Returns, and I can I can be okay with that. Yeah. All right. This is hilarious to me. All right. So, what's our full set of rankings now? Take that, Nolan. So, from bottom top, <laughs> Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> Which will never not be there at the bottom. Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, Birds of Prey. Which I feel like is low. But like I mean, this is where the movies like get like like good. I'd right. say Certainly at least Birds of Prey. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises, Lego Batman, Batman Returns, Batman eighty nine, Batman sixty six. Yeah. <laughs> Still fourth place after all this time. Uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Batman Begins, and The Dark Knight. And that is probably and, uh, we where they will remain. If I had to guess, yeah. So our, our, our next, we have four movies left. Oh, no, three. Sorry, because we already did Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey came out after these other three, but we watched it when it came out. We got three left, and then we can actually watch something different. That's exciting. But next week is not exciting, because it is just League time. And uh, so we, we have to go back to the Snyder vision. <laughs> well, it's half Snyder, half Whedon. I'm sure that's going to be interesting to talk about. Um, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's still relevant now because there's still people bitching and begging and pleading for the Snyder cut, yeah, uh, which is never going to happen. No, not a million It's years. never going to happen. Uh, but anyway, as far as Lego Batman goes, it was a, it was you know it was a success. It got that ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really fucking high. Yeah, uh, especially for these movies. But I feel like you know it's kind of like you know Rotten Tomatoes is interesting because like you either like it or dislike it. And I wouldn't say I disliked it; I'd say I liked it. But I would rank it lower than a lot of things that probably have a worse Rotten Tomatoes rating. Yeah, well, this is a really good that's kids that movie. Um, yeah. It's not like it's, it's one can watch it as long as they have a little bit of a knowledge of Batman, they can laugh at it and have an all right time. Right. And they announced a sequel back when it came out when it was successful. It made uh, three hundred and twelve million on its eighty million budget. Damn. Uh, but but here's the thing. Um, so Lego, as a brand for film, was owned by Warner Brothers. But now it is not. Now it's owned by Universal, uh, who has been talking about all kinds of weird shit that sounds awful to me, like remaking some of their films. Remaking entirely in Lego. Oh, God. I don't know what that means. Like, are we going to get, like, Jurassic Park, but it's Lego, the entire thing? Is that a possibility? Do I want that to happen? No. But will they do it? Yeah. They'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> um, so, considering this, it's very unlikely for any future Lego films to use WB characters at all. So, 
I also don't want them to make another one because I feel like one is enough. I feel like you covered basically every single joke you could possibly make yeah. about the character in this movie because they made so many jokes that I can't really think of any other ones that you'd want to make unless you want to get more specific with the villains besides Joker. But like, even then, the core deconstruction of the character himself is complete. You don't need to do anything else. It it should just be one movie. Right. I'm kind of glad they're not making a sequel because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I'll, I'll give you the hard agree on that shit. <laughs> anyway, next week, Justice League. What, what do you predict that it is? Where where do you think this is going to land for us? Because I, I I honestly got to tell you, I don't remember a whole lot about Justice League. Uh, above Batman v Superman because it's slightly better. I think I could agree with that. It's certainly better than Suicide Squad. Um, and I think I think it is more competent because you have that Joss Whedon influence and like, while it's not perfect and he can fuck up too, he's not a perfect being. Um, it's better than if it was just a Zack Snyder movie straight up. And I'm sure uh, some dweeb out there heard that without even listening to the podcast, they just heard it in their soul and was like, but Zack Snyder is a creative genius. No, no. Release the cut. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but no, I I really feel like the movie benefited from Whedon restructuring it into a less gritty, dark, weird Justice League movie. Um, but there's lots of fucked up stuff about the production that we'll go into that next week. And that should be a fun discussion. Not a fun watch. I'm not looking forward to watching Justice League, but no, but I'll do it. <laughs> Fuck it, I guess. <sighs> so uh, that'll do it for us. I think it went OK for our first remote episode. Yeah, it went fine. Uh, it was weird it watching uh, one of these movies without you for the first time. Yeah, it's a lot more fun to watch them together so that when something happens, we can go like, what the fuck? Because that's usually, usually we're watching garbage. Right. Uh, <laughs> this has been actually good series for the most part. Like, there are some crap movies in it, but I think, I think by and large, until you hit, like, modern day, Batman movies aren't bad. No. Necessarily. <laughs> Until you get to BVS, and it's like, ooh, ooh, well, Batman, <laughs> oh, no. Well, Batman and Robin happened. It did, but even that is way better than BVS, in my opinion. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's way funnier. It's that's the thing. <laughs> really terrible, but, like, God, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze is the funniest shit. You can't convince me otherwise. Okay. Okay, 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 bye, okay, okay, bye, okay, 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 bye.